Welcome to the Just Ingredients Podcast. I'm Cara Lynn, and here we talk all things nourishing to the mind, body, and soul. This is a place where you can find just good ingredients to life. I'm so excited to announce that the Just Ingredients Black Friday sale starts tomorrow, November 21st. We are launching five new flavors of dairy-free and vegan protein powder from vanilla and chocolate to snickerdoodle, even peanut butter chocolate and chocolate mint. And due to popular demand, we are launching bigger bottles of our fan favorite body lotions. All of our products from protein powder to probiotics and serum to tooth powder will be 20% off. Stock up now because this is our last sale until next summer where everything will be 20% off. Head to our website, justingredients.us, to take advantage of these deals. Michelle was raised in Long Island, New York, and grew up with parents that prioritize health, wellness, and food. From a pretty young age, Michelle learned the connection between food and health. Michelle focused on health and women's studies at the University of Richmond, then received a master's in education at the University of Bridgeport. Michelle has been involved in the restaurant business for six years in the health industry since university. In 2014, Michelle, with co-founder and longtime friend Fran Panicha, decided to enter a new venture, Organic Crush. With the goal of making organic, healthy food accessible, Fran and Michelle, with the help of Chef James Chinnies, opened the first Organic Crush. Today, Michelle and Fran operate eight Organic Crush locations throughout Long Island and Virginia. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I'm excited for our guest because she is a restaurant owner, like her bio said, and I've never actually interviewed a restaurant owner on this show before. So you're the first, Michelle. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here too. I love the work you do. Well, thank you. It was so fun meeting you in New York. That's how we met is when I went out to New York for an affiliate event and to teach a class and things like that. And we were looking for a good, healthy restaurant to eat at and found Organic Crush. And so everyone listening, that's how we met. And we started talking and I was like, oh, I need her on the podcast. And Michelle would be so great to answer questions about the restaurant industry, things like that. So will you just tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, your background and why you got started in the restaurant industry? Sure. I kind of accidentally got started in the restaurant industry, but it's fully connected to my attachment to health and to the belief that people can do so much themselves to take care of their health. I was raised in a family that practiced homeopathic medicine. So we were always about nature and food and lifestyle as medicine. I have a twin sister. We were born premature and we were quite sick as babies My parents, who were very young at the time, tried a bunch of different conventional medicine and things really weren't helping us settle down and to thrive. And someone recommended a homeopathic doctor. And with some remedies, some lifestyle tweaks, we were suddenly on a path to thriving. And that really directed, I have four sisters, so it directed all of our childhood. And then I have four children and practiced food as medicine with them. I studied health in college. I was a gymnast growing up, an athlete, studied health in college, really started to connect the dots from, I would say, a scientific level, because I started to now read studies about preventive medicine, but really started to intuitively understand how the choices we're making on a day-to-day then influence our short-term and long-term health. Once I had kids, I went down this deep rabbit hole of the environment around us and the foods you're eating, the toxins in your life, 
I became part of some groups that were kind of leading the forefront in New York about making changes in schools and in homes with controlling pesticides and toxins in our food and our environment. And once I knew, I couldn't unknow. Once the kids were uh, older grammar school, a little bit starting high school, I was just fired up that I could not find food to eat. I'm a home cook. I'm pretty good. Can throw a lot of things together on the stove. But I was frustrated that in the afternoons, if I was out and about with them on the weekends, if I was on a road trip, that there was just no place to stop to get a bite Mm -hmm. of food that didn't hurt our stomachs, didn't contribute hormones, pesticides. So with my girlfriend, Fran, credit to her, the most spontaneous human I know, we started just with each other saying, this is, this is not okay. She has four kids. I had four kids. What are, we have no place to feed our kids. We were both these home cooks. And we like, we should just do this ourselves. And seven months later, we opened our first restaurant. We partnered with a great chef. He helped us get our bearings. After a few weeks, he had to get back to his other life. And suddenly we were open for business. And we did the best we could with what we knew for health. Organic was our definition of what we could provide to our guest. We really are into cold-pressed juicing, homemade feeling food, high vegetable. So every dish we make, there's a focus on vegetables. Clean, grass-fed, organic proteins, minimal use of plastic. We do all of our juicing in glass bottles. That's incredible that you just had this vision or dream or, you know, like we need to do something better. And seven months later, you implemented it. That's really fast. Most people, I think, like hum and haw about their dreams that they want to do or passions they want to pursue. So that's incredible. Oh, thanks. It was almost good. We didn't know what we were getting into. Once we knew what it meant to run a restaurant, we might have paused, but we were just gung-ho on the mission. That's so incredible. Okay, so you told us a little bit about your restaurant. In fact, we should tell them it's called Organic Crush. Tell them where you're located. Yes, we're on Long Island. We have a bunch of locations spread throughout Long Island and a couple in Virginia. We're on the college campus of University of Richmond. Oh, that's awesome. College kids especially need a good place to eat. So I want to ask you about your restaurant. Were there certain things that you were like, we will not bring this into our restaurant. We won't use these things. And then things that were a must of like, we have to have these things. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we, well, the organic was our guiding principle, and we wanted to be very heavily gluten-free. Both myself and some other people in our network were dealing with celiac disease, and we knew the gut suffering that had been going on for people with gluten. So we were committed to that. We wanted to make sure we had an extensive offering, something for everyone in the family was kind of our guiding principle. So we wanted to have cold-pressed juice, which meant a lot to Fran and I, but we wanted to make sure there was steak and bacon and rice and all different kinds of smoothies and acai bowls so that a family could come together and everyone could be satisfied. So it was quite an extensive list, wraps, salads, bowls, juices, acai, smoothies. Um, Our smoothie business is one of the best parts of the business. People concoct their own. So we really just wanted it to be high quality. Sourcing mattered so much to us. We we like the idea of doing local sourcing. In New York, you can't locally source from farms year round. And we gave organic our overarching premise of uh, everything had to be certified when it comes in the restaurant. Oh, that's amazing. So why did you choose that everything had to be organic? The least amount of burdens you add into your body on a daily basis, the more you can fly. My oldest daughter is 22 now. So when I was pregnant with her 23 years ago, 
it was like a thing that just clicked in my brain as I was reading and learning and studying health, like the least amount of harm and toxins and burdens that make your system not function at its best was the most meaningful for how you could control your health. And I knew with food, I was just been really involved with food up until starting this restaurant. I knew what was happening with GMOs, with glyphosate, with pesticides, with the allergies people systems have been developing over the years. It was just on this trajectory that I really, I knew we could do something about it if you start to control the amount of burdens coming into your gut and into your system. So organic was the way to say, okay, this food has had the least amount of harm done to it. I'm the biggest fan of local farmers. I have, I get CSA boxes. I really believe in local too, and not all local farmers can get their certification. You know, not your eggs you get from your local farmer. That might not be certified organic, but you know your farmer in that regard. I'm talking about at a restaurant level where you have to bring things in in mass bulk orders, being having a certification on it that told me this was grown in the best way possible for at a commercial scale. Oh, I love that so much. Okay, so why do you think there aren't more restaurants out there like you or restaurants even with better choices? Restaurants survive on food cost and labor cost. You have very few tweaks you can make in the survival of a restaurant business. You need your customers coming in and your expenses to control. You have your food and your labor is where you can make your tweaks and your pivots. When you bring organic food into the restaurant, I'm, as the business owner, paying multiple times more than what a restaurant who's ordering conventional, non-organic, a non-certified food is. That means that I then have to start to really pay attention to many other things in the business. So, so that, yeah, that would be going down a big restaurant rabbit hole, which is a fa- has become a fascinating learning to me. And the most rewarding thing almost nine years in is that we do not stray from our principles. So we have to get very creative in other ways that we try to save money in the business. But keeping our standard of sourcing, I think that's why there's not more of what you see, you know, where we exclusively use olive oil, no seed oils. And the cost of that olive oil, so every dish we cook, all the items we bake, the cost of that olive oil for every single dish that goes out adds exponentially more than if you were using a lower quality seed oil. And so I have empathy and sympathy for why restaurants don't. If you didn't know what I know, you might not be willing to make that choice and that sacrifice. It is awesome to have, we have a couple hundred employees and we really have a group of people on board mentally committed. They are very careful about the waste, about production, about usage of what we bring in so that there is no waste. So it's just, it's, a, it's awesome how it can all come together, but it's a big commitment to what you were asking originally for why other restaurants don't do it. Yeah. It's sad. It comes down to cost because making yeah. products, so I'm on a different end of this, but making products, the real food ingredients are so expensive. And so like, for instance, we never use natural flavors. We just use real food to flavor things. And if I could just use natural flavors, oh my gosh, the price is so much cheaper. It's ridiculous and it's sad that the real food, the good food, the organic food, the food that's going to nourish your body is so pricey. That could be a whole podcast show in itself of why that is, but it is sad. Agree. I definitely talk myself through it a lot with like, the karmic energy of things. I real I think about my farmers who grow 
the food without the pesticides and they work harder to have to do the work they do without the use of extra spray. And I think there is, there's something karmic about it all. And I know in the long term, like our health really benefits. So you, you have savings in your energy and your productivity and in your medical expenses over time. But the cost in the short term is, yeah, you have to be willing to, to climb that mountain. Okay, so it's not feasible for all restaurants to work like this. That's why they aren't like your restaurant of all just nourishing foods. So if there's one thing that you could change in the restaurant industry, what would it be and why? I think if more and more restaurants could get on board with using a healthier oil, like an olive oil, it's really one of the few options for a restaurant is olive oil. It would really benefit everyone. Seed oils, when they come into your gut, and your cells, they don't really go away. It's about a seven-year life cycle for these seed oils for detox if you focus on detox. If you don't focus on detox, it just keeps on accumulating. So I, I would love to see oils take on a different spin in restaurant world. You know, then, then would come enhance and increase the amount of high-quality vegetables, really try to get away from conventional meat, I think that would be such a gift to the world to really move away from conventional and do a grass-fed beef and organic chicken sustainably sourced. I think that it would be a real gift to to people's health and and to the world to do those things. That would be. Talking about seed oils, I went to a newer restaurant and they were advertising like, we cook with just real food, organic options, you know, all these things. So I went in and we got some sweet potato fries and I started eating them and I'm like, hmm. And they were, real, they were real wedges of sweet potato. So you could tell that they had cut the sweet potato, which was awesome. It wasn't some frozen package full of other ingredients. But long story short, I went and asked them what oil they had cooked the sweet potatoes in. And they had used canola oil. And I was like, dang, I can't shout you guys out or tell others about you then. Like, why couldn't you just use, you know, avocado oil or extra virgin olive oil? And when I asked the owner, she was like, it does come down to cost. And I'm like, yeah, ah. one tip for restaurant owners would be you can work with your vendor for something like olive oil. We happen to be able to take in a mass palette at any given time, but we've committed far out to the amount we're going to purchase. And so that can really help a restaurant if you work with your vendor to say, OK, I can take in this much now because storage and where am I going to put it? And but I'm committed. So I will in the future be buying more of this. And then you work out your payment plan. And I do think vendors are getting more and more receptive. And then, and sometimes you try to cut out the middleman and go, you know, right to the person who's making that product and say, I promise I'm going to give you this for our organic gluten-free baking flour. We go direct to source and we've committed to a certain amount and a certain expense over the year. And we just have this nice flow now of always being able to get the product. It helps the vendor. They know how much they have to make. So yeah, most restaurateurs are much savvier than I am. But it is in this particular regard, we have worked really hard to stick to our sourcing and get the best possible results. And I've got, when I was saying people on board, the the chefs who work with us, everyone's just committed to this principle now because they know how good they feel having committed to these high quality ingredients. Well, and I guess that's part of the problem though also too, is that you're committed to this. And so you're willing to go the extra mile, you know, to find the better choice ingredients where a lot of restaurant owners don't even realize that food plays a part in their health and they're just in it, you know, to make some money as a business. So 
there is that part of trying to educate all people that, you know, we need these restaurants that provide better choices, things like that. Yes, for sure. Okay, so I have another question for you. As I've been making products, I am learning that there are quite a few hidden ingredients in people's products that like don't even need to be listed. Do you find in the restaurant industry that there's a common few ingredients that are always used or hidden that are never talked about? Does that make sense? To to kind of toot our own horn, we are a from scratch kitchen. So we do everything, uh, our dressings, our vegetable roasting. So we ourselves don't massively have to deal with hidden ingredients. The one plate, we have a retail section and the one place we really struggle is that retail section. So if I want to bring in hummus from a different vendor or chips from a different vendor to kind of fill our shelves and round out the store, that's where it's super hard for us. It's in those packaged products that someone else was making and needs to, they're looking for a longer shelf life. They used a cheaper canola oil as opposed to using olive oil. In the restaurant kitchens ourselves, you know, if we make our own veginase, for example, if I buy a store-bought veginase, then yes, there were a bunch of different, even in an organic veginase, there were a bunch of different hidden ingredients there. When we make it ourselves, we know we're doing the exact breakdown of what goes into that veginase and, and it's pure and clean. And I really worry for people, and I think it's so unfair that even when people try to get healthy, they don't realize all those hidden things. And that just fires me up that it's not, it's not fair. To, it's not fair because they're trying so hard. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to get the snack that says all oh, natural and healthy on it. And because you have to have a little snack when you're trying to be healthy, you need a little treat. And then all of a sudden you realize it had these hidden things in it, like the seed oils, like food dyes, like natural preservatives, unpronounceable ingredients. So I guess as a personal topic, that just fires me up. And and it's something everyone has to work on. 80% of the time, you have to be in charge of what's in your food that you're consuming. Well, I was just wondering if there was something in the food industry that is commonly used that isn't talked about. And I guess I would think it would be seed oils. Like no one has to tell you what they've cooked everything in. But that is becoming more transparent because there's now a website that will show you which restaurants are not using seed oils. Correct. Yes. But I'm assuming seed oils are the most hidden ingredient in restaurants. I think that would be the case. You know, sugars. Oh, true. um, They don't have to tell how much sugar they're using in things. No. So sugars, trans fat. Those are the two main culprits probably in restaurants that don't have to be. Yeah, I I think so. So for my listeners who don't have an organic crush right by them or don't have, you know, a restaurant with better choices in it, what do you suggest to these listeners about making better choices at restaurants? Do you have different strategies? Yeah, and I love to go out to eat and I think it's such a rewarding social part of being in a family and friends. You know, salads are usually a nice way to go and I just get my olive oil and fresh lemon to myself. I tend to always go for the cleanest protein I can find on the menu. So often you'll see a chicken or a steak or a fish. I tend to go for those as the main meal. I mostly try to avoid fried and I'm I'm gluten-free. So that just kind of eliminates that category for me. Avoiding fried, the more you can do that, the really the better off you're going to feel because the accumulation into your cells of those seed oils and uh, the inflammation they have on your gut. Do I have French fries sometimes? Yes. I will pick off 
someone's plate and have a couple French fries, delicious. And then I, then you try to savor what's in front of you, right? So if you do have the French fry, like, okay, I'm having a few French fries. I'm going to enjoy this because I'm not going to have them again anytime soon. And, but I think vegetables, salads, skip the restaurant salad dressing, unless you know, it's like a homemade fresh one, but go for olive oil. You can carry, I, ha- I carry little packs of olive oil with me that are in like little almost like those ketchup packs, but I have little olive oil packs. Will you just tell my listeners, because we keep talking about seed oils and many probably know what we're referring to. Others may not. Will you just tell them what seed oils mean? Sure. So crops like canola, grape seeds, safflower, vegetable oils, corn oil, soybean oils, those are crops where the seed is extracted. It goes through a press it goes through another press. There's a chemical wash that is dumped on the residue of the seed. Then we get the oil that comes from that like second or third wash that that seed went through. So it's just a highly processed, highly chemicalized, no nutritional value product that you know serve a purpose in creating an oil, a cheap oil, but doesn't serve any health purpose. Right. So they're cheap for the business owner. They're cheap for the consumer who's watching their budget. But at the same time, they're inflammatory. They can be high on omega-6s. They just, like you said, aren't nourishing our body. They're not doing anything to nourish it. So yeah. And if you just make the switch at home to start for, you know, olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, butter, hopefully everyone knows by now, butter actually is like health. Like it's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. We love butter. It's a healthy fat. Uh, my, my son at one point had a gut distress thing going on and his, our, our holistic doctor pres- prescribed grass fed butter and dark leafy greens and beef and a oh, probiotic. Wow. And, and, you know, a few weeks later, the the kid was doing great. So butter is great. I know there's tallow and there's lard and there's, you know, but in conventional form in ways we can shop every day, big container, you you know, you can buy your olive oil. I do all my sauteing, roasting. So yes, I always start at home. I mean, it is the big world out there is scary, but start at home. One of my favorite health principles that I share, I do a bunch of different health coaching. My twin sister is a health coach. So we do some health coaching together. In, in every three days, the cells in your gut are turning over. They're new. They're always, your cells are always working for you. They always want to refresh. They always want to renew. So if you just in three-day mentality, oh, I, I could take all these crappy oils out of my kitchen. And there you go. You've already started to give yourself that gift of cell turnover, reducing inflammation. And then the next three days, okay, you know, I'm look at me, I'm still going, I'm still going three days at a time. And then you might do a three day vegan detox, or you might take three days to juice, or you might do three days like very contained, whatever it is. You can always, you're always, there's always a way to help yourself. You need a little knowledge, a little bit of motivation, and then you can like keep on working to improve your body and how you're feeling. Oh, I like that three-day little advice. That's actually a really easy thing to implement. Like, okay, three days with no sugar, three days with more fruits and vegetables, three days juicing. I love that idea. So let's talk a little bit about your health coaching. I just want to ask you a few questions about that. When people are trying to make better choices, so now we've talked about the restaurant industry, but when they're trying to make better choices at home for grocery shopping, things like that, what suggestions do you give to your people that you're health coaching? What are some easy things that they could do? 
I do like to start with suggesting cleaning out the stuff that's not positive in your in your home. So if you take a good look at your pantry, take a good look at your fridge shelves, just get rid of the things that are um, have ingredients you can't pronounce, have those seed oils in them, give yourself that chance to have like a clean slate, get a nice grocery list going. My sister and I both work backwards. We make a meal plan for a month, then we write the ingredient list. So I know on Tuesdays, a month from now, I'm going to be having sweet potato tacos. And on Thursdays, two weeks from now, I'm having pancakes for dinner. And on Saturdays, blah, 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 from now, I know that we're doing steak on the grill and frozen olive oil Alexa French fries. And so that's written. And then write what your menu is going to be. And I use different cookbooks. And then you make your grocery list and then have so much fun with shopping. I mean, I do some of the bulk ordering shopping from places that do responsible, like Thrive Market and Butcher Box and some places that really just help you stock yourself. I'm big on stocking for myself and the kids so that it's there. So if you know you've got grass-fed steak in the freezer, you're going to take that out for dinner. So I think that the, the first thing is to just really own your grocery list, own your shopping, own your sourcing of where you're getting your food from in your home. Oh, I love that it's a whole month. I'm lucky to get a week's meal planning in. So I'm going to have to try to do a whole month. That actually would be really helpful if I could do that. So let's talk about some of these maybe swaps that you just mentioned. So let's talk about beef, grass-fed beef. Do mm -hmm. you suggest that everybody make that one of their first swaps? It can be pricey for people. So what do you suggest on that? You know, I really do. And it's pricey, but I do think the costs work out. When you buy in bulk, besides maybe some of the better known frozen beef delivery companies, there's also local grass-fed beef. I definitely have friends who they'll buy half a cow and they have it butchered and it sits in a deep freezer in their garage. That you don't pay more for than if you were doing conventional beef, but you do need the storage space for it. There's different extremes, right, of how you're going to invest in this situation. We raised chickens at one point when our kids were young and we, we didn't buy eggs at the market for years and years and years. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing that right now just based on a move, but pick and choose where you're going to put your expenses. It is about ourselves, right? And then when you're thinking about raising our children and what's going into their bodies, I think children have so much more against them now than they did mm -hmm. 30, 40, 50 years ago. And I hear people say, oh, you know, it was fine. I ate that peanut butter and look at me, I'm fine. I used to eat whatever beef and look at me, I'm fine. Yes, thank goodness, right? We're fine. But our children have so many more burdens coming into their body. Teenagers, so many more burdens from radiation to GMOs to the glyphosate to pesticides to seed oils. We didn't have to deal with that. So I always am thinking, how can I lighten up their load? Because you, you will eventually suffer the health consequences. Even when we paint our home, I get the no VOC paint, what, any cleaning supplies I use, because all of that adds up. It's like a daily basis. The candles that you light, the perfume trees people hang in their car. If your kid sits with that year after year after year, that is all toxins and pesticides and chemicals going into their bloodstream. And it just gets hard to fight it off, to grow naturally, to be at the best place for your immunity. So 
again, I said in the beginning, like you go down a rabbit hole and you learn stuff, but it's so rewarding. It's so satisfying. When you feel like you can control your home environment, it's just such a liberating feeling because then you're like, no, I'm saying no to this and I'm saying yes to this. So for me, grass fed, it's a giant yes. Like eat steak and make sure it was raised properly. And the benefits that come from it are huge. And again, I think steak is a health food when it was raised properly. So, you know, you're getting almost like medicinal benefits out of food that was raised and sourced properly. Well, I love those thoughts because I always tell people you can't avoid all toxins, but you can lessen the burden of toxins on your body. And so that's exactly what you're saying. And so then I do want to ask you about organic. Do you think you should buy everything organic? Because that gets pricey too. Or are there certain things that you should pick and choose for organic? Say you picked five foods that are super popular within your family. Blueberries, milk, chicken, yogurt, a, a box of cereal, a yogurt. And then you just say, okay, what I can justify is these five things. If I can't find them organic, then we're not bringing them into the house. If they're organic, I'm going to try to buy them in bulk. You know, the grocery store has a giant sale on blueberries. I'm going to buy tons. I'm going to freeze them. The chicken, I know I can get from blah, 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 online, organic certified. I'm going to freeze it. I'm going to have it ready and available. But those five things, the things you're eating the most of, that's what's going to build up in your body. So give yourself that gift. Okay, these five, cross it off the list. I know I have these coming in. I'm doing the right thing by my body and the family. Oh, I love that idea of the top five, top 10, depending on what your budget can do. That's a great tip because I know, like for us, we drink a lot of almond milk just with our smoothies and cooking and things like that. And so that's one non-negotiable in our home. I don't want the glyphosate that's on the non-organic almonds. And so we bring in organic almond milk. So I love that thought. Thank you. So we talked about grass-fed beef and organic. What about sugar? What's your thought on sugar? What are simple swaps that you tell your people that you do health coaching with? This is another one of those things that I am just fired up about. The food industry at a commercial level, they destroyed food. They made food sugar, fat, and salt. They did it behind our backs. They manipulated lots of recipes. Food got subsidized. Now they're, you know, all the cheap food is very high in sugar, fat, salt. We didn't even realize it was happening to us. So we got these cravings in society. You want all this food that it has this trifecta of, of not good. And so breaking that craving, I really feel for people because it's like being addicted to something. The way to break cravings that I've had the most success with is to crowd them out, to find other things to move them out of your life. I'll go back to the olive oil. I think it's a health food. I think steak is a health food. I think vegetables grown properly can be a health food. Crowd your system with some high quality fats. Make sure you're getting your olive oil, your avocados, your nuts, your steak and salmon. Get some really nourishing, deeply nourishing food in you and your cravings do start to drop away because a cravings from sugar come from a chemical dependency on something that's not real. We weren't, we didn't become evolved to be humans and craving fake sugar. Fruit is totally different. Fruit is a wonderful thing to have in your life. We have on our kitchen counter, giant mass bowl of fresh fruit, clementines, kiwis, mango, apples, pears. When you have that sugar craving, just try, just go for one of those things in the fruit bowl. Buy yourself a little time, see if you can push off 
that craving. Again, controlling your home environment is the best you can do because that's where you get your say. You can start your day off on the right foot. You can have the snack that's ready to grab. So sugar, it takes a concentrated effort. I like pushing it out by having other things in there as a substitute. Can you have some you know, nice manchego cheese and a gluten-free cracker and you have an afternoon sugar craving? Okay, try that first the nice coconut yogurt, almond butter and peanut butter, a nicely sourced one, and try to crowd out that need for sugar, your body will eventually respond to you. I said it before, your body always wants to get into a balanced place and a homeostasis and a feel-good place. You just have to support it. Staying really well hydrated with different flavors going in your water. I'll shake fresh basil and strawberries just right out of the fridge, right in the water. I'll do shake, I'll shake in turmeric and cinnamon ice cubes and a fresh squeeze of orange into my water. Keeping yourself nicely hydrated with different flavors so your palate and taste buds has other things it starts to crave and enjoy, you know, helps to push those sugar cravings away. We keep a lot of dark chocolate around. It's just, I mean, sometimes after breakfast, I'll, like I'll do avocado toast and I'll break off a piece of dark chocolate. And I'll be like, okay, I'm so good now. That was, that was yeah. a long answer no, to sugar. That was, I could keep going. If you want to, but that was great. No. Basically crowd it out so that you can get rid of that craving, which I love. Okay, so I'm curious though, because I know you talked to your people that you helped coach about mindful eating. So how does mindful eating play a role in making better choices? Oh yeah, that goes on my kind of my wheel of wellness. It's always a balance in all these different areas of life. Being mindful when I joked about the French fry, like just appreciating right there in front of you because a lot of people don't grow their own gardens anymore, which I highly recommend. We don't realize what went into getting that food that went onto our plate. So just like even just realizing that, I think getting to a local farmer's market or subscribing to those CSAs are such a great idea because you're getting food literally right from the farm. Like it's coming from farm to you and you're just, ah, like I can't believe someone spends their life and their livelihood growing this food to nourish me. We try an organic crush. Just we're so grateful for the people who get us our, our finely sourced ingredients. So grateful for our line cooks and our chefs who make it possible to then feed our guests. So grateful in our home that we can bring in this nourishing food. We do some of our own vegetable growing so rewarding, even just growing arugula. Put a whiskey barrel or a pot and just grow arugula in that, you will be like the most satisfied person in the world. And those bitter greens help fight off your sugar cravings. So you can like munch on arugula and might notice that you're not craving your sugary afternoon drink or something like that. Oh, I love that. Well, as we wrap up here, I do have a, two last questions. Is there something that you wish you could tell every restaurant owner or words of advice you would want to tell them? Yeah, I would say taking care of our staff and the higher emphasis placed on the food you're sourcing. I don't think business is meant to be a short-term fix, a short-term what's in it for me. I really believe the best in business comes out from our commitment to the greater picture, the people who you work with, taking care of them, creating a great environment, and the guests who are coming in have a reason for them to keep coming back for more and more and more of, of your product, of your goodness, of what you're selling, of what you're offering. For me, it's always been about the health principle. Most restaurant owners like me love the hospitality. You, you go into this business, it's a hard life. You love the hospitality. So connect those dots of like, I can even offer a little bit more to this hospitality by this fine 
sourcing I'm doing. And then, you know, scream it from the rooftops. Tell your client, tell your customers, you know, we are an olive oil restaurant. We are organic grass-fed this. Like, you know, start slow, but get after some really high-quality principles. I mean, the state of the world and the state of the health of the world and the state of our economy really depends on a commitment from a lot of people doing the right thing by food. I so agree. Those are great tips. So now my second question is, is there something you would tell listeners that are just trying to start this health journey or trying to look for better choices? What would be your advice to them? You know, it's not selfish to take care of you. Taking care of you, taking care of yourself is the biggest gift you can give the world because it makes you then so able to give to others, to contribute your brains and beauty and and compassion to the world. So take care of you. We're fortunate to be moms in a time like this and raising children in time like this where it is acceptable to take care of you. But I feel like it's a little too surfacey still. It's a little too like, I have to take care of me and on Saturday, I'm going to take a walk. But what did you do on Monday through Friday and on Sunday? You can't do one thing in the week and say you took care of you. Selfishly take care of you. So you know, find out what that means for you to be healthy. It's an individual journey for everybody. It's a commitment. The rewards you get from taking care of yourself means that you can keep on giving and giving and giving more and teaching others and uh, helping then your family and just, you know, prioritize taking care of you. It's a big, broad concept, but there's, you know, getting your food right and your exercise right and your mental health right. It's, It's not selfish. It's like the best thing you can do for your family and the world to take care of you. I so agree. And I love what you've just said. So as we close, will you just tell my listeners where they can find more about Organic Crush and all the things that it offers? Sure. It's Organic Crush and Crush is spelled with a K. So we have a great website with lots of blog articles on there. We're always thinking, okay, what tip can we give people if today's the day they wake up and they're like, I'm going to get healthy today. So lots of tips on there. We have an Instagram at Organic Crush and we're on Facebook and we're on LinkedIn and we are just, we're giving away every bit of healthy information we have just to, you know, to kick off this whole this whole movement of taking care of you and taking care of your families. Well, I love what you're doing. I love your restaurant. If you guys live near an organic crush, go try them out. It is really good food that obviously is so nourishing to the body. I love that you're being an example to so many other restaurants of like, look, we can do this better. You just need to do a little few little changes or switches and you can provide better for people. So thank you so much for being an example to the other restaurants. I always end my podcast with asking my guests what they have found to be the best ingredient in life. What would you say it is? It's going to sound a little boring, but healthiness in a packaged in a wheel. So take care of your physical health, your spiritual health, your mental health, your financial health, your friendship and social health. Package yourself, you know, right? Maybe even make a little wheel and divide it up and say, okay, how am I doing on my spiritual health right now? How am I doing physically? I love the blue zone cultures in the world where people live healthily to 100. There's Netflix just launched a series yesterday. I've been studying this for 20 years. I one day hope to visit. There's a Icaria, Greece, Sardinia, Loma Linda, California, Costa Rica, Japan, places people live healthily to 100. And when you study their top 10 list of what the unifying bond is among those five places, on the list of the 10, 
they take a nap every day. They have a deep spiritual connection. They have a strong social group with their neighbors and their family. The food, Mediterranean diet leaning, most people understand that term. Getting sleep at night. I mean, like we can control those things. Yeah. So the ingredient for me is like, it's not selfish to take care of your health. It's so important. You have such a giant saying it. It's not a big concept that's out there somewhere. It's like, what can I do today? Today adds up to a week. A week adds up to a month. A month adds up to a year. And that is the ingredient. Like your health is everything. I love that. I tell people it's not just one thing to be physically healthy. If you want to be healthy overall, it needs to be, like you said, emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy and healthy with connections, things like that. So I love that you said that. I so agree. It's such an important ingredient in life. And thank you so much, Michelle, for being here. Like I said, thank you for paving the way for other restaurants. Hopefully other restaurants will listen and see what you're doing and start providing better choices for America so that they can nourish people's bodies as well. And again, thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me and for honoring our little business. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Just Ingredients podcast to learn more about your health and good ingredients to life. Plus get daily tips at just.ingredients on Instagram.